everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. Happy last episode of 2022. Woohoo! 2022 is two days from being dead to us entirely. <laughs> <laughs> from no longer being the pain in the ass that it has been. But I hope everyone's had a good year. Yeah, and it's if you weird. haven't, it's okay. You know? We're almost in 2023. We've had... Lots of drama, lots of shakeups in the film industry. Mm-hmm. It's been a literal war. Mm-hmm. It's been crazy this year, but here we are at the end. 2023 probably will have its own sort of things going on, but we're going to just truck on through it. But That's being right. at the end of the year, we wanted to close off the year talking about our favorites of 2022. Yes. We're not talking about all the bad things, nah. all the annoying things. We got that out of the way right at the beginning. <laughs> We were, we were negative right at the beginning of this episode, so we're going to move into the positives, Yay! namely the best of the best by Cover B, the B standing for best. <laughs> cover best. We're, we're putting the cover B in best and then also the word cover for some reason. <clears throat> Help. Uh, <laughs> an intro that was the best intro of 2022 anyway so we've broken down various things that we've talked about some things we haven't talked about uh are also on the table uh because unfortunately there are things like video games and movies and whatnot that come out that we're just not able to get an episode on in time uh so it may not even be things that have been covered in uh in cover b episodes and posts Mm -hmm. but we've broken them down into categories and we're going to go through and do our award show of the best things of 2022. T, kick us off. What's first? All right. So first, we're going to talk about our favorite comic. Best new comic series of 2022. This is going to be a mini. Yes. I had to take a sip of Diet Coke or a not mini. An ongoing. A maxi. <laughs> uh, or an ongoing. Uh, but best series that started up in 2022 and this isn't to say that there weren't you know series and graphic novels and movies and things uh tv shows that started in 2021 or earlier that we don't still love these are just the new ones uh that have come out this year and this is the best new comic series new floppies new go to your lcs every week uh or once a month to make sure you get it or every week if it's a marvel series because Marvel likes to take your money. Anyway, <laughs> this one was tough for me. I don't know if it was tough for you. Because there were a lot of really highlighted ones. It was... It was tough-ish. But I'm... I, I, I fall into my favorites pretty easily. So I have a list of ones that didn't make my top three that I want to talk about. Do okay. you also have a list of ones that didn't make No. Your... Okay, so... <laughs> We'll do that first, then. So the call-outs, the nominees, as it were, the ones that weren't able to uh, massage the Academy enough to make it into the official nominee section. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me today. Uh, Rain, Joe Hill's Rain, wonderful apocalyptic story about crystals falling from the sky based off of a novella that he did. Yep. Uh, Hitomi, a very emotive and... uh, almost peaceful samurai story about a girl out for revenge on the person who killed her family. 
Public Domain by Chips Ahoy. Um, by Chip Zdarsky. Just a really interesting take on the comic industry. Love Everlasting. A wonderful romance book with a weird twist. Mm-hmm. Eternus, the book that was brought to us by Andy Zirkus, uh, with a really interesting take on Greek mythology as it gets consumed by the rise of the Roman Empire. Uh, and then Lovesick, a more recent entry, uh, which has just drips with sex and uh, stoicism and existentialism and is really cool. So those are my uh, those are my runner ups. Those are they didn't make it in my top three, but it felt weird finishing out the year without talking about them because they're some of my favorites. Giving them a part. All right. So how about this? Okay. Do you have a top three? I do have a top three. Okay. So you do your bronze medal, and I'll do my bronze medal. You okay. Do your silver medal, and I'll do my silver medal, and then you do your gold medal, and I'll do my gold medal. Okay. okay? All right. So kick it off with your bronze. My bronze is damn them all. Nice. By Cy Spurrier. Um, also a very recent entry. It is a recent out. entry. I think number one was last month. As you guys know, I desperately miss Size Spurrier's Constantine. I was sad when it ended. I was a little mad because I think DC ended a little earlier than everyone wanted it to be ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and this very much feels like Cy wasn't quite done with Constantine either. Does have <laughs> real strong... Big Constantine energy. BCE. Yeah, it is... <laughs> it is perfectly aligned with the same humor and mysticism and kind of cockney ragamuffin trying to do the best in the world and fighting with their moral qualms. It just... It it struck right at mm-hmm. that missing part in my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so it absolutely gets the bronze medal for 2022. I also got pandered to for my bronze medal. <laughs> you know, these award shows, they're all politics. It's and our true. bronze winners played the politics right. Mine was Dark Ride. Uh, uh. I <coughs> mentioned it in the write-ups for this. Uh, but gosh darn, it just reached deep down into my subconscious and pulled out the perfect book that <laughs> I didn't know I need. The reason it's not higher up is because it is a little, it does rely a little bit on camp and the story's fairly surface level overall. There's not a lot of like nooks and crannies to dig down into, but it's, that isn't to say that it's not fun. It is very, very fun. Right. It's a very fun series. I'm loving it going so far. I think it got picked up for TV, which is exciting. Uh, But yeah, Dark Ride, fantastic. Bronze medal all the way. Go pick up dark ride if you haven't t what's your silver my silver is maybe a little bit of a surprise my silver is the g willow wilson run of poison ivy okay nice which is still an ongoing um but it is such a refreshing perspective on ivy um and honestly it's nice to see her get some time to shine on her own um She's a fascinating character. She's often overshadowed by whoever else she's with, whether that's Batman or Harley or whomever. But this gives her a lot of independence, and it speaks a lot to her background. It speaks a lot to her selflessness. It ties in previous storylines where lots of dramatic stuff has gone down between her and Harley. And the art by Marcio Takara is just spectacular. 
Um, it is one of the prettiest books I've read for the entirety mm-hmm. of the year. Um, and it just, it, it was one of those books where we, we read a lot of books and I'm behind on a lot of books, <laughs> but this is one of those books where I never fell behind. I actually would make time and find mm-hmm. time, whether that was like my morning bathroom experience or whatever. <laughs> I found time to read Poison mm-hmm. Ivy. So nice. My silver medal comes out of from one of my favorite creators, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. It is Do a Power Bomb. Yeah. Um, it's just fantastic. It's one of my favorite books that I've gotten to talk about and suggest to people. I love sharing it with people because it's not something that you'd expect. It's a book about wrestling. And it's weird that this year had so many. I guess another call out is. um, Oh, shoot. I forget the name of the. The wrestling Macbeth. Oh, oh, um, yes. Google it while I rant. Yes. Uh, I just the name is I'm brain (laughs) farting right now, but. Uh, Do a Powerbomb, on its surface, is a book about wrestling. Uh, Digging deeper, it's not only a book about weird supernatural tournaments and... The Crimson Cage. Crimson Cage. (laughs) Um, Weird supernatural tournaments and strange mystical powers working behind the scenes. But it's also a book about family and legacy and holding yourself to different expectations uh, and the pressures that we put on each other. As well as dealing with trauma and how people deal with trauma in different ways. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy good. It's crazy deep. It's crazy bright and flashy. The art's amazing. Daniel Warren Johnson always produces just insane artwork. Uh, it was This was a real tough... This Between this one and my number one, real tough competitor for top rank. Uh, this one put up a hell of a fight. But I think I picked the number one just because of its own sort of brand of uniqueness and the emotions it elicited in me. But uh, this one definitely was very, very close. It was a very tight race for that number one slot. But Do a Powerbomb was incredible. I think we both came to the same gold medal conclusion. I think so. I think we talked about it <laughs> earlier, and I think we both picked the same uh, the same number one. T, would you like to reveal what that number one is? Our number one gold medal is Bolero. Mm-hmm. Wyatt Kennedy, Luana Vecchio. Oh yep. my God, this book. <laughs> yeah, so Bolero came out earlier. It was kind of toward the middle of the year. It came out in May. Uh, the trade paperback came out in July. Uh, like T said, uh, Luana Vecchio was doing the art for this and it was absolutely beautiful. Was Wyatt so Kennedy beautiful. writing a really deep, an emotive story that covers a lot of topics that it covers a wide range of topics, but it's all topics that we can really gel with. Um, without diving too much into personal things, I had a very traumatic beginning of the year dealing with a personal relationship of mine. Um, and this book really helped kind of organize a lot of those thoughts. Um, and it's just incredible. It's really well written. It's really emotive. It's really poetic at times. And it just, it reaches to the core of growth and loss and regret that we all kind of experience. And, you know, if you could change things, would you? And is there any point to trying? Um, it's 
it's existential without being hopeless. You know what I mean? Like it's, it reaches beyond the veil of what normal human interaction is, but doesn't leave that being like, see, nothing matters. It is more about learning and growing and having scars, but accepting those scars as part of who we are. Uh, and it's just beautiful. It's beautiful visually. It's beautiful in the writing and in the characters. It's an amazing book. It really, really is. I think what spoke so much to me about this book is the delicacy with which it treats its readers. Um, these are hard topics, loss and change, and mm -hmm. they're very emotional and they're very intense and everyone can relate to them from various experiences that you have in your life, no matter what you've dealt with. And the ways that it approaches things and the way that the characters are developed and even the way that there's like a cat that makes sure that you're okay. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it, It's done with such knowledge. It's almost like when you're teaching children about really deep topics and you do so in a way that's very gentle and very like kind that's how this book feels to the reader mm -hmm. and i thought that was very impressive and very special yeah so it's it's an incredible book it's a really good trade it's a very short series uh if you want to get in a trade paperback do so do kind of suggest getting the floppies because they are spine bound floppies and yeah so you can keep them on a shelf pretty easily if you want to, as long as they're sandwiched between some things. You can bag and board them and put them away, but they look really nice. And the cover arc from Vecchio is just amazing. So, uh, Bolero, congrats. Best yeah. new comic series ding, 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 of ding, 2022 ding. <laughs> uh, goes, to uh, goes to or Bolero, goes to Wyatt Kennedy and Luana Vecchio. Congrats. We love you. Give us more. Work together more. <laughs> Do some more really emotional stuff. because Do really, more stuff. Really hit home. <laughs> All right, what's next? Next, we are going to talk about the best graphic novel of 2022, which I, again, think you and I both agreed on. Okay. My choice for favorite graphic novel was Azimut. Yes. <laughs> there were some great yeah, other yeah. graphic novels this year. Don't get us wrong. We had some excellent books. Mm -hmm. Um... Girl in the Glim and Summer Fires mm -hmm. and there there were some really good good books this year, but Azimut was just next level. It was if you haven't listened to our graphic novelties episode on it, you need to go do so. It was you know bombastic and fantiful and sexy sometimes and creative and inventive and weird and imaginative and it was one of the few times i felt in a long time since really just starting to get into you know fantasy and fiction when i was a small girl it was the first time in a long time that i felt wow this is all new everything i'm seeing feels new this feels like a different world and mm -hmm. we don't get that a whole lot because so many archetypes and tropes and things are so reiterative and and overused yeah. and samey and you know it's hard even especially in our field of choice i mean how many characters can you think of have a duplicate mm. whether it's they started in marvel and now there's a version in dc or it started in dc and now there's a version in marvel it started in one of those two and now there's an imaged clone like yeah, yeah. there's there's so much repetition this didn't feel repetitive this felt <clears throat> new 
This felt weird and crazy and exciting. It was an absolute incredible example of world building. Yes. In that the world was constructed kind of as the reader moved through it. So elements of the world, like the, you know, the like elementals and different cities and how the government works and how the like ruling classes work and who these characters are all kind of came together just as this natural momentum of the story occurred. There wasn't a lot of buildup or a lot of exposition or a lot of like stopping the pace in order to uh, tell us how things work or tell us what's going on. Everything just kind of fell into place and it was, it was wonderful. It was this incredible, fantastic world just birthed organically from the momentum and yeah. it, it kept such a strong pace. The pace of this book is incredible. It just chugs along. It's a beautiful hardcover. It's got beautiful art. It's a massive book. It's it's wonderful. It's 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 a new fantasy story while, you know, not necessarily cloning, like T said, other things, pulling in some kind of aspects and iconography that feel familiar, but it managed to just be its own sort of thing and create this world. Uh, and it's, it's wonderful and it has so much appeal, like people into Disney stuff and kind of classical fairy tale stuff would really be into this. People into video games and kind of the worlds, the fantasy worlds that video games build would be really into this. People who just generally like art, people who like classical music, like there's a lot of appeal in this book written by, uh, Wilfred Lupano with art by John Baptiste Andre Azimut is our best graphic novel of 2022 and it deserves it it's it's probably my best graphic novel i've ever read i it's fantastic it's an absolute opus it's wonderful it's a great gift idea yeah and it's it's just incredible it's really really good absolutely all right what up next we're gonna talk about our favorite comic related movie of the year Mm. i think we both picked did we? Thing. I think we may have Morpheus. It is Morbius. not Morbin time. It is Morbin time. No, no. Honestly, if I'm being fully transparent, I feel like this category was a lot easier than it probably should have been. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Which I am kind of sad. So originally, originally when we were coming up with this list, uh, I had combined. TV show and movies and T decided to separate them. And I think that was the right choice mainly because there just weren't that many good movies. Like the, the movies this year kind of were poo poo duty stinkers. (laughs) There were some okay. Put it scientifically. Um, There were some fine, uh, some okie dokes. And then there's a couple, like, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, the Werewolf by Night thing. Are those movies? Are those shows? Like, where do they fit in? So we decided to split it up. um, And I believe we both selected the Batman. Yes. I definitely selected Matt Reeves, the the Batman. Batman. It was one of the few times in a long time that I watched a DC movie and I went, Oh yeah, this has the same power as Nolan. Mm-hmm. Which you don't get a whole lot from DC anymore. Yeah. It was 
as far as superhero movies goes, an incredible understanding of the character. Uh, it was a unique take on Batman that we hadn't seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Batman, as we always get him, even in Batman Begins, where he's just starting, is an adult. Yep. Dealing with adult things. This was a much younger Batman. Still kind of damaged, still kind of, you know, not recovering well from the loss of his parents when he was a child and kind of trying to figure out the world. It was cool. And this was actually a detective story. It was actually a detective story. Finally. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was, it was incredible and it was far beyond a lot of the quality of superhero movie this year. So it was a pretty easy select. Um, But even beyond that, like that's not to say that it only won because the other movies were stinky doo-doo poo-poos but (laughs) it you know won on its merit it would have won had it gone up against with a lot of other superhero movies uh it was really really good it was it was very high quality on the other side of the coin top tv show we did not agree on which we did not but I think we both have valid arguments (laughs) yes the shows were a lot harder um because the shows this year were there were a lot of really great programs. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of stuff coming out of Disney Plus because we had She-Hulk, we had Moon Knight was this year, right? Mm-hmm. We had, uh, you know, the two, like I said, the two mini things, the holiday special and Werewolf by Night. We had Miss Marvel was this year, right? Yeah, I think Jesus. so. Uh, you know, on the other end, we had Sandman over on Netflix. We had Paper Girls. Paper Girls over on uh, Amazon. Over on Amazon. It was a big year for for TV. For comic TV, um, yeah. Like just a big, incredible year. And yeah, we didn't we didn't agree on this one. What was yours? My top four TV show is She Hulk. I gotta be honest. It's not often that I feel like comic book stuff is made for women. It's made for us, made for me, mm-hmm. made with me in mind, made with me as a target demographic. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they put Hemsworth in no clothing for the macho dudes in the audience, obviously. But to have a show that so blatantly did not care whether dudes watched it or not, mm-hmm. it felt so unbelievably empowering as a comic book you know loving female as a comic book loving woman it felt so cool to watch something that perfectly spoke to my tone of voice that perfectly understood the Mm -hmm. things that i go through that spoke and said things that i say yeah and to see the same type of struggles and the same type of arguments and same type of frustrations and to see a woman represented in such a very natural and organic and realistic way it just felt it hit different yeah (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, uh, She-Hulk was an incredible show. It was an, an incredible experience. It had, it definitely had moments. And I, I mentioned this in the write-ups that I did, specifically the one for the last episode. So if you want to, if you want to read those, go to coverbpodcast.com. Um, <laughs> but I did write-ups for each episode, which was the first time we had done that. And I really enjoyed doing it. It became kind of hard in the middle because there was a little bit of sameness happening. Right. There was an episode would start and kind of end in the same place. Um, I think they just didn't, they really, it was really interesting seeing a superhero sitcom and that's what it was. It was yeah, a absolutely. There were a few superhero wee moments, but it mainly wanted to be a sitcom. 
and they they succeeded i wouldn't say they nailed it because of those kind of lag moments i think they would have been better had it been had they not been pushing for like a big season resolution right um which is kind of what the ending is about the the very bonkers meta ending <laughs> of she hulk which was wonderful and just a great great thing to happen uh, was all about how you don't have to build towards these things. Yeah. You know, and I think, I hope they keep that energy going into season two and they kind of move away from, like, just have your cast of characters, even have, like, the thing that they're building to be something that's just slice of lifey. Yeah. Just, like, something happening. Like, Jen's going back to get a law degree because they found out that the one she got in Colombia wasn't real. And then she meets, like, a quirky cast of characters that she takes Spanish with and forms like a study group and they always meet up in the library and i want this next season to be community okay i've been watching community <laughs> and i miss it um but anyway uh that is neither here nor there <laughs> i just think if they hadn't been building towards like a big bad and all the whole king stuff it would have kept the energy up a little bit more um but that's not to say anything wrong with it i said all that in my write-up fantastic show and you're completely right. It doesn't, it is what it is. And it doesn't care if people aren't going to watch it for whatever reasons. Yeah. In fact, they're the bad guys. Yeah. You know, and was, uh, so good. Absolutely fantastic. I went a little bit different. Um, She-Hulk was definitely a contender for my top spot, uh, as was Moon Knight. But I, I actually went with the Sandman series yeah. from Netflix. It was just, I, I was so into it. Like, yeah. I... Every episode ended and I was like, I need another one. I need another one. And it was so true to the original. It was so incredible seeing these things that happen in the book happen on the page. The characters were wonderfully cast and wonderfully acted. It was, it was incredible. It was such a beautiful show. Uh, and I think it it honestly like resonated and affected me more than a lot of the other shows that I watched. It was just like through and through like constantly engaging i really really enjoyed sandman it was definitely one of my top um it was definitely up there and a battle with she hulk um and i think like you said everything was just so well articulated it felt like taking the graphic novel and being as truthful as they could while like modernizing it and making it more you know 2022 and i think that was really hard to do and really well done and i think sandman was probably the most binged show mm -hmm. we watched this year it was one of those where we were like we're supposed to go out and go to dinner tonight and we were like Mwah. yeah yeah <laughs> i uh it was really good Stated so first category that we weren't able to agree on uh so sandman you get a an os chris and uh, She-Hulk, you get a teamy. It's like an Emmy and like an Oscar. <laughs> but with our names. You know what I mean? Yes. You get a golden crow? <laughs> MT? <laughs> I like it. An Academy Award? There you go. There you go. That's a good one. That's quality. Um, anyway, next category. Next category, uh, we agreed, but have a slight, a, a, a silver medal for this one as well. 
Yeah, because there was one that came out that we didn't really play, but we watched and we were like, oh, shit, we should have. <laughs> we should have played that. Should have done this. <laughs> so the winner of the best video game category for 2022 was Lego Star Wars. Yes. Uh, admittedly, Asterix. Uh, unlike the Batman, which came out in a year where a lot of superhero movies came out and they were all stinky doo doo poo poo. Um, <laughs> so I'm just at this point trying to see how many times I can say that in a single episode. Uh, there weren't many comic book games Mm-mm. this year. You know, we had Gotham. <laughs> <clears throat> oh Lord. The Batman game. Uh, <laughs> about the Bat family. Uh, which if you don't know how we feel about that, check out our Powered Gaming on yeah. Gotham Nights. You can find it on CoverBeePodcast.com. Um, and you on that one. And then we had uh, our silver medal recipient, which was uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Which we just didn't end up playing, uh, which was a new TMNT in the vein of like Turtles in Time. We didn't end up playing. We watched some people play it, and we were like, this is a really great game. I actually had it. Just never got around to playing it. Um, But it looks super fun. But it looks super fun and super cool. Uh, And then Lego Star Wars. And that was, like, it this year. Yeah. That was, like, you know, we Guardians of the Galaxy last year. And then there was, like, nothing else. And there's a bunch of stuff coming out next year. Yeah. Like, next year you're going to have Suicide Squad. Next year you're going to have... Yep. There was a... Spider-Man 2 and... and a bit of a bit of a dirge of superhero-themed games this year. Uh, with Gotham Knights being one of the most hyped releases. And just not living up to its potential. And there's one that we need to give a shout-out to. We know very little about it because we don't play it. I have downloaded it. Because I feel like I should play it. And that's, I have gotten so much positive feedback about Marvel Snap. Yes, that is true. I always forget that that one's out there. But yes, Marvel Snap came out. Uh, we haven't, we're not really deck buildy, hearthstone yeah. people. So it's kind of a big hurdle for us to jump into. But I've heard it's really good. I have, you know? I have it on my phone now. So, I just haven't done anything. Uh, but that, all, <laughs> all of that is to say that, yes, Lego Star Wars is good. Uh, is a fun game. I had a lot of fun time playing it. A lot of fun time playing it. What was that sound? Do I think it would have won had it gone up with some video games that I've played in the past? Probably not. It wasn't revolutionary. It was just rehashing things that had been done mostly. Um, But it was fun. Lego Star, the Lego games are always a really good time. So yeah, uh, it deserves our win of 2022, if not just on the basis of being a reasonably decently fun game in a year where there weren't many games coming out. Yeah, pretty much. What was your favorite video game not comic related this year? Oh, uh, God of War. <laughs> no question. Hands down. Yeah. The God of War series is the best series of video games ever made. I agree. <laughs> And that's that's a big one for me to say, but I I don't care. You can you know what there are there, <laughs> there are God of War comics. So th- congratulations, God of War <laughs> Ragnarok Yay! for being our best video game of 2022. Oh, that's so good. I know your comics came after the video games. 
But, you know, technically Lego Star Wars is based on the movie and not the comics. So who cares? We're we're loose here. We, we play with the rules all the time. Has a comic still counts. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about comics. Yikes. Um, so congrats. Oh, shit. I kicked a cat. Um, the cat's in here with us. I decided to come full professional to the last episode of the of the year, but uh, yeah, congrats, God of War Ragnarok, for being our best uh, video game of 2022, and congrats, Lego Star Wars, for being the best video game that we actually talked about on an episode. Uh, but if you haven't played either of those, get out and get them because they're incredible, they're absolutely wonderful, very good, and at least one of them will make you cry, <laughs> and the other one is God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> What's next? Uh, board games. Board games. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of board games. Lots this year. of board I feel games like we had a lot. here. Um, lots of good ones. What was your topic? My topic, because it's just that good, was the Sentinels of the Multiverse Definitive Edition. Yeah. Such a good game. Such good materials. Such good everything. It it just. It just brings joy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, they could do another, they could do the editor's edition next year and it might win next year, too. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Sentinels, for those who don't know and didn't listen to our Powered Gaming on it, is a classic game. It's one of my favorites. It has been one of my favorites for years. This past year, they did a crowdfunding uh, Kickstarter for uh, the definitive edition and it came in about midway through mm-hmm. this year and we played it. And it's very much the same, but it does come with updated materials and some slightly tweaked rules and some slightly new rules. Um, But it's effectively a co-op game where you all team up against a randomized villain deck. You pick a deck of cards pertaining to a particular hero, and you just play out the course of the thing. And the villains, as well as the environment will be causing damage and doing different things that tweak the gameplay. It's an incredibly fun game. It's a quick game to pick up. Uh, and it always and forever will have a special place in our hearts. It's true. It's just I didn't pick it as my number one. <gasps> what did you pick? Unfortunately. <laughs> I actually picked Dice Throne, the game we like just played and have an episode for that we haven't put out yet. <laughs> it's a good game. It's so, a good game. You know, without spoiling too much of an episode that's going to come out after this episode, we played Dice Throne. It's called Marvel Dice Throne. Uh, And it is a dice-based, D6-based game uh, wherein you play 1v1. There are rules for three-player, like 1v1v1 uh, type of gameplay. Uh, And there's also rules for 2v2 gameplay. But we played it 1v1. You pick a character. You have different powers and abilities. uh, And you have different dice that you roll. And you have to roll these dice and activate powers based off the symbols that you get, which each denomination on the dice has different uh uh symbols attached to it um i loved it it was incredibly fun it was incredibly like heart pounding and gut-wrenching and tense and efficient very fast-paced efficient the rules were great it's very polished it's just one of the most polished games i think i've played (laughs) there weren't really like a lot of hang-ups or a lot of vagities in the rules and how it works uh, it just ran smoothly. It kind of ran itself at a certain point. Um, 
and it has some of the easily best materials I've ever seen come in a core box. Like it's just well organized and well packed. So I picked just a good game. I picked Dice Throne. Really incredible game. Both winners in my heart. Uh, and they both deserve your love. So pick up Sentinels Definitive Edition or Dice Throne from your local gaming and or comic store uh, today. They are our picks for best of 2022. And come back probably next week when we'll be posting the episode about Dice Throne. Yes. <laughs> and then our last category of the day, which I was really excited about um, because I hadn't thought about it. But once Chris brought it up, I got really excited about it. And... Then I had to think about it really hard, and my the the category is our favorite episode that we produced of 2022. Yes, I had to go through like all of the episodes to find the one that I wanted. But the episode that I decided on is a throwback to episode 175. Mm. If for no other reason. But it was the episode that featured everyone's favorite, <laughs> Tony Mashed Potatoes. Tony Mashed Potatoes. I loved him and loved that and <laughs> laughed so hard and I still laugh every time I listen to, to that episode. Listen to that. I forgot all about Tony if you Mashed Potatoes. have been a relatively recent joiner of Cover B and you weren't here for when we were doing... Our episodes on weekly uh, weekly releases of comics. That one was one of the last, and it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> episode what? One seventy five. One seventy five. So hey, go check out episode one seventy five. It's apparently hilarious. For me, I personally, uh, I kind of just ran off a of memory um, because I we did a lot this year, um, and I was trying to think of like moments that stood out to me. Um, and honestly, I really enjoyed, I remember really enjoying our first cover spiracy that we did, which was oh, the, yeah. how the X-Men enter the MCU, MCU kind of thing. Right. And I think it was way early on in the year. I don't remember when we actually did that episode. It was episode, probably but, like maybe January. Uh, it was way early in the year. It was a new <laughs> format for an episode. We hadn't done cover spiracies before. We were kind of right. playing around with the idea of doing it. I had to make a new intro for it and stuff. <laughs> um... And I just remember it was really fun. I really like the cover spiracy episodes because we get to just kind of sit and bullshit for like 30 <laughs> minutes. Um, and I just true. remember like bouncing ideas off. And I actually like came out of that with different ideas about how, you know, different theories about how potentially this stuff will happen. And I mean, time went by and some of the movies we had pegged as, you know, being introductions of these characters haven't really panned out right. to be. Um, Looking you know, at you, Doctor Strange. Yeah, we really thought Multiverse <laughs> of Madness was going to be kind of a gateway for this. Not really. And, you know, we're getting closer to probably seeing some mutants now that, like, Deadpool 3 is happening and stuff like that. But um, And now that they've said the M-word in multiple yeah, yeah. instances. Yeah, and, you know, sh shortly after we did uh, the cover... Or did we do it in response to that? Did we do it in response to that? Or did we do it... No, we did it before so. Miss Marvel, before right? Marvel. So yeah, Miss Marvel came out and you know just <laughs> used the mutant word like it was nothing, <laughs> and you know then we had Patrick Stewart reprise his role, and now we know that Hugh Jackman's coming back and stuff. So you know the the landscape's different than that episode. 
you go back and listen to it, there were things that you can clearly, like, put a big red X through that have already come and gone. There's a whole lot of wishful thinking. <laughs> but it was fun. It, it was, it was fun a good time. Not having to, like, really do a lot of, like, pre-planning or research. We kind of just sat down and we knew what we knew and this is what we're planning. You yeah. know what I mean? And this is what we think. And it was just really fun. It was, it's a freeing format. So I really liked the X-Men cover conspiracy, the our take on how we think the mutants are going to come into the MCU. I actually, we did that episode and I remember we were streaming that same night and I brought it up to the guys we streamed with uh, over at twitch.tv slash games. Um, <laughs> I'm just plugging everything. You're right a now. big plug man today. Um... Plug man, plug man, plug man. Uh, <laughs> SoundCloud.com slash Drake. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you Oh, it's sounds. almost the end of the year and you could tell. Uh, I had a lot of caffeine. I streamed before this, so I'm on like, I'm on a monster, an Arizona green tea, and a McDonald's Diet Coke. And that's what I'm driving through this episode with. Um, and I'm coasting through on just sugary Sprite. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, it was, it was a cool episode. It was a fun, fun time, fun takeaway, yeah. fun, fun episode to do. So absolutely. And that is going to do it for our 2022 best of. That's it. Happy new year, Happy everyone. Happy new year. 2023. I swear to God. If you're not better than 2022, I'll probably just keep doing what I'm doing now, being horribly bummed out by the state of the world every day. You're killing... And making comic podcasts. <laughs> you're harshing my mellow, man. <laughs> my jacking the vibe right now. A little bit. Anyway, I hope everyone had a great year. We did. Yeah. We had fun. It was a rocky year, sure. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world, but the important thing to remember is that you always have the people that you care about. Yep. So hold tight to those people. Reach out to those people if it's been a while since you talked to them. And just remember that if you ever need help with anything, be it emotional or painting a wall or anything like that, just try to reach out to the people around you. Reach out for help if you need it. Because times can get tough, and it's important for us to stick together and take care of each other. But... 2023 is right around the corner. Let's look forward to a good year and to some cool stuff happening and James Gunn making a DC announcement and <laughs> eventually getting a Deadpool 3. That's exciting. That's uh, true. The Suicide Squad game is coming, so that's cool. The Wolverine game's coming. The Wolverine game's coming, so that's cool. Uh, you know, we'll probably get another version of Skyrim next year, <laughs> so that's neat. <laughs> Uh, there's some board games that we haven't played that we'll be doing episodes on. We got Munchkin Batman sitting here looking at me, and then we still haven't done an episode on it. Uh, and there's other games. There's like a game called uh, Marvel United. Yeah. It's like a little minis game. Yep. Uh, that we're gonna take a look at. T will probably cave at some point and become a salty addicted TCG Marvel Snap player. It's um, on my phone calling to me. It's the gateway man. <laughs> Marvel Snap today, it's Yu-Gi-Oh! tomorrow. Um, and yeah, and I'm sure we have cool movies coming up, you know, uh, 
anything to take our minds off of Avatar 2, really. <laughs> Would be nice. Oh. Uh, new season of Boys yeah. coming next year, so that's going to be fun. Yep. Yep, might uh, do some might do some write-ups on that. Yep, might do some write-ups on that. Uh, new, I'm sure there's new Disney Plus stuff coming. I'm just not yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think, think the Echo series is coming next year. I think a season think two so. of Loki too. Season two of Loki is coming. They've already done like previews for that. Uh, Ant Man, Quantumania, we get Kang. Yep. So it's gonna be a cool year. All you sorts know of stuff. 2023 is gonna be great. We can't wait to see you guys there. We hope everybody has a good end of 2022. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Happy freaking New Year Happy from New Year. your Cover B fam. It us. <laughs> As always, I have been Chris. This has been T. It's true. And you've been celebrating the New Year with Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.